This is the First Gen Pilot Podcast. Episode 3 starts now. What's going on, aviators? My name is Abraham, and I am your host. Today's podcast, we have Brian Nurevsky. Brian is a caravan pilot and does all these cool flying and takes amazing pictures on Instagram. The word Yureski might seem familiar because he has about 110,000 followers on Instagram right now. Check him out at Yureski Aviation. In this episode, we covered a lot of things aviation, like all the types of flying that you can do within the aviation world. Also, we talk about how there's a lot of people out there trying to scam you when it comes to flight training and buying aircraft. Without further ado, here's Brian. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Brian Yureski with Yureski Aviation on social media. I'm happy to be here um for this little interview thanks brian thanks for joining me today and taking the time i really appreciate you being here all right uh so we'll go ahead and um ask a few questions here so the first question i'm asking is um how did you get into aviation cool yeah how did i get into aviation um it's a long story that doesn't start um uh, as most pilots would start okay so i i grew up in hong kong um where there really is no general aviation uh nobody flies um, for fun there. It's all airlines. Um, but I remember always going to the airport and uh, to, to watch planes take off and land. Um, I loved plane spotting way back when I was a kid. Uh, I grew up when the Hong Kong Kai Tech approach was still a thing. So that was really cool to see planes flying so low over the city. Um, but living in Hong Kong, I had family in the US and I had family in Taiwan. So we would be flying all year. We would fly to Taiwan four or five times a year. We'd fly to the U.S. sometimes up to twice a year. And some of my earliest memories is visiting the cockpit on the 747 over the Atlantic. I think it was Korean Airlines. We were up in business class on the upper deck. And I got to sit in the cockpit for a little bit in the jump seat on the 74. Really cool experience. Um, wow, yeah, that, that must have been amazing. Yeah, this is all pre-9-11. You can't do that anymore. No, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I moved to the U.S. for college, uh, got a degree in in, um, in filmmaking, uh, but worked in IT. I worked in IT for eight years um, as a systems administrator. I worked for Apple. Um, and it got to the point where I was getting burnt out working on computers. I was getting burnt out sitting in front of a desk. Um, I didn't want to stare at a computer screen the rest of my life. So that's when a friend of mine um, sent me a message. He had seen I'd gone to an air show in Temple, Texas, and I was posting pictures on Facebook. And he said, why don't you go learn to fly? And, and I was like, huh, you're right. Why don't I go learn to fly? I'm sick of doing what I'm doing now. I love aviation. It never occurred to me to learn to fly and become a pilot. Uh, so that's what I did. I enrolled in a flight school, um, bought my Cherokee, got my hours, and now I fly professionally. It's been a really cool journey, um, but I've only been flying since 2019. Okay, so prior to you um, becoming a pilot here, you were you said you were into, uh, doing IT stuff, correct? So how was uh, that switch from um, the IT world to uh, aviation? I know you said you were into aviation uh, at a young age there, and you fell in love with it, but just didn't pursue it uh, in time there. Um, so how was that jump from there? It was different. Uh, well, coming from an IT mindset. I was so used to troubleshooting computers, right? You're going through certain workflows, troubleshooting um, software. So when I jumped into the, the caravan, it was my first professional job with the G1000, that G1000 system was so natural to me. Um, while the people in my class who had never used a system like that before were struggling to 
learn how to load approaches, load departures, load all the procedures, I caught on instantly. And it was flying the computer, basically. Um, it, it came from it with a different mindset, is all. Uh, but once you get down to it, the flying is the same. So it was a really quick, quick and easy transition, um, for me at least. Okay. And so, like, your training, did you do Part 61 or Part 141? Uh, How did you go by your training? I went through Part 61. I had my own Cherokee, uh, so I hired a private instructor and uh, learned that way. Did my private, my instrument commercial all on, all on my plane. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. It kind of helps you when you have your own airplane. Mm, it really does, yeah. And so, buying, buying your own airplane... Um, uh, talk to us about a little bit of that uh, process there. Um, I know a lot of students, when they get their private, they all, all they hear is um, get a small airplane, you'll save a lot of money, this and that. But you actually did it. So how was that uh, experience for you? It, it was cool. So um, when I first started, I was going through a small flight school and I just wasn't getting the hours I needed because I knew I was going to make this a career. Getting two hours a week was was nothing. I couldn't do it that way. And I figured if I got my own plane, I could fly as much as I want. Right. Right. Uh, everyone I spoke to said when you buy an airplane, budget take take your budget and times it by two. So if you if you're looking for a if you have a if you have sixty thousand dollars for a plane, get a thirty thousand dollar plane because you'll need the rest for maintenance and and upgrades and everything else. Um, so I kind of took that mindset. Uh, when I found my Cherokee. Um, well, let me take a step back. Looking for air, an airplane. I used um, three main sources, and that was uh, Facebook, Facebook Marketplace, believe it or not. Yeah, you find planes there. <laughs> um, I found a Cherokee very close to where I lived in Dallas um, through Facebook. And the guy who looked a lot like Steve Jobs, like if Steve Jobs was a pilot, <laughs> yeah. showed me his Cherokee, um, ended up not buying it. But so Facebook is one of them. Um, Barnstormers was another. I found one in Florida that I almost bought, um, but ended up, I didn't want to deal with Florida rust and seawater and all that stuff. Uh, and then there's Craigslist. Uh, I use a service called, I think it's called Tempest where it'll search all the Craigslist cities in the country. Uh, so I would just type airplane and see what came up or I'd type Cherokee or Cessna and see what came up. And that's when I found my Cherokee up in Seattle. Uh, through through Craigslist, um, so I, I bought that, flew it down to Texas. Um, but what they tell you about budget, that proper budgeting for your airplane, was so true. Because after I bought the plane, I probably spent five thousand in um, in maintenance to get it uh, completely airworthy, as it was not. Wow. Um, just they had been owned by the same owner for twenty years, so a lot of stuff had gone missed if you know what i mean yep. um so i spent a, a ton of money up front um and then this thing broke and then this broke and then i broke the the exhaust blew out so i had to spend six thousand replacing the exhaust and just all these little things slowly add up i upgraded the gps and that was another 15 grand wow um and then you have insurance and you have hangar costs so it adds up quick but in the two years i owned the cherokee i put over 600 hours on it i could not have done that if I was renting, because I did the math, if I was renting a plane for 600 hours, I'll do the math real quick right now. So let's see, over in McKinney, there were planes, the flying club there. I think their, their Cherokee is, I want to say 130 wet. So 130 times 600 hours, that's $78,000 versus spending 30,000 or budgeting 60,000 on your own plane. It kind of, you know, it, where does that boundary lie? Is it cheaper to own or cheaper to rent? 
if I had flown 20 hours a year, 30 hours a year, renting is the way to go. But when you're just racking up those hours, flying as much as you can, that's when owning makes sense. And on top of that, I could take the plane anywhere. Uh, I went to St. Louis for a couple of days just because I could. And I went to Florida for a couple of days just because I wanted to see Florida. You can't do that with a rental or you'd be paying paying way too much for it. Yeah, a lot of flexibility with owning aircraft, definitely. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then when uh, when I got the job with uh, my last company um, and I took a huge pay cut going from IT to a, my first job, that's when I sold the plane. And I sold it for, I don't want to say how much I sold it for, but getting 600 hours essentially cost me $10,000 out of pocket, just making it back when I sold it. So, so it was a really good experience for me. Um, but that's because I was able to save so much money up from, from my previous career. Um, nowadays, if, if I were to do it, if I were to recommend for you, you, if you wanted to buy your own plane, find a, a small tail dragger, champ, something real inexpensive, not much can go wrong build all your hours that way yeah that's that's definitely a, some a, some experience there uh on an aircraft tell us a little bit about uh type of your flying the flying that you do so the flying i do right now i fly the caravan um cessna 208 single engine turboprop okay and i fly feeder cargo for ups so what happens is ups will bring all their cargo in on their jets and when they need that next day air to go out to the smaller cities that's where i come in where a ups truck would take six hours to draft a eureka for example I can be there in an hour and a half. Uh, so that's what I do. I just fly all the small cargo. Okay. And um, so did you do get any of your uh, CFI, CFII, or did you just do the telecommercial training? I, I pretty much went straight to uh, flying professionally because I, I could build my own hours with my own plane. Right. I didn't need to build hours as, C, as a CFI. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I never got my CFI. Okay. And do you see yourself like, uh, in the future, um, where do you want to end up like with uh, the flying? I know you're doing the caravan now. And um, so where's your end goal there? Uh, as long as I'm flying jets, I will, I'm happy doing whatever I want. The caravan is, is fun and I've enjoyed flying it, <laughs> yeah. but I'm ready for some jet time. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. Now I get asked often, do I want to go airlines? Do I want to go cargo? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, I flew for a small airline before. And I enjoyed it. I really liked dealing with the passengers. I, I liked the type of flying. And now that I fly cargo, I also like cargo. So I have no idea where I'll end up, but I'm sure I'll love it. Yeah. And um, so if you were to go back and like change uh, anything with your journey to where you are now, I mean, getting an airplane or uh, anything else that you could do differently um, up until where you are right now, what would you do differently? I, I would have gotten my plane sooner. Um when I first decided to learn to fly, I joined a small flight school in, in McKinney, Texas. And they had, when I spoke to the owner, they advertised they had three Cessna 172s. You buy a block hours. You can buy, buy 20 hours, 40 hours, 50 hours for, for, for pretty cheap. I was like $69 an hour if you bought 50 hours. So I bought 50 hours. And when I started flying with them, they had sold their two 172s. So they're, they're down to one. And that, that sucker was always down for maintenance. So that's when I was averaging one to two hours a week. Sometimes not even, I couldn't fly the week because it was down for maintenance or the schedules didn't line up. So it was four months of that when I decided I can't do this. I need to buy my own plane. Um, so that's what I would do differently if I could just go straight to, to ownership. Um, so I can build my time as fast as possible. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, I think that's a good plan. Uh, if you were to go back and do that. 
uh, so something else here. Uh, it, what's something that you wish you knew before getting into aviation itself, like becoming a pilot? So what's something you wish that you knew? Um, I had been warned about this repeatedly, um, but it's not something you know until you experience it firsthand. But don't prepay for hours. Don't buy block time because those 50 hours that I bought from that one company, um, I was able to fly about 20 hours and then they went bankrupt. Uh-huh. Uh, so I lost all that money. So people online always say, don't prepay for hours. Don't prepay for hours. You never know what ha- well, what will happen when the owner decides to sell or run or stop responding to your phone calls, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but also that there are a lot of predatory companies out there. They know you're a low time pilot. They know you need hours. So they'll get away with not paying you or treating you poorly because they know you need the hours. So there are a lot of airlines out there, small, small companies, small airlines that bank on you needing hours and needing time. And they will, they, they will take advantage of you. Um, so I, I wish I had known that before because I got roped into a situation like that. Um, it took me a long time to get out of it. Well, yeah, that's 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 a lot there. I mean, I'm I'm learning from this myself too. I mean, I'm I'm getting my commercial here soon, so that's definitely a, <laughs> something that I need to know as well as my listeners here. And um, yeah, that's actually something people should be aware of and be more aware of what they're doing and what they're getting into. And uh, another question here is: um, Have you had any like a scary moments um, throughout your training? Um, so like. You scared yourself in the airplane? Any any moments? Oh, I'm sure there have been many moments I've scared myself. Let me think of some. Um, there was one time I was flying. Now, here's a good one. I just got my, my license, my private uh, pilot. And uh, my wife was uh, wanted to attend a wedding down in Galveston. And Galveston was probably a five-hour drive from where we were. Um, or a two-hour flight in the Cherokee. So I'm like, hey, we got this Cherokee. I got my license. Let's go fly down there. So we fly down, very uneventful flight, beautiful flight, yeah. uh, completely VFR, fly down to Galveston, which is on the coast. Uh, it was real pretty out there. Went to the wedding uh, where uh, we might have – oh, I didn't drink, but my wife might have had a little bit to drink. Um, and the next day, I saw a front moving in, and the ceilings were getting lower. So I'm like, hey – we got to go. We got to be at work tomorrow or whatever it was. We got to head back now. So we wake up in the early in the morning, hop, get to the plane and start flying back to Dallas. Yeah. And the ceilings were, I think 2000 feet overcast and I didn't have my instrument rating. So I had to stay below it. So that whole flight, uh, it's supposed to be a two hour flight back to Dallas. We were just staying low a thousand feet, 1,500, just blow the clouds. And it was bumpy. I'm talking about you're you're driving a car on a gravel road, you know, you're wow. You're going nuts. And my and I was having a blast. I loved it. Yeah. But my wife, that was not her cup of tea. And uh <laughs> luckily we had some snack bags because she she let it all go. Um we we landed at a nearby airport, collected ourselves, then took off again, landed again, collected ourselves, then kept going. But would have been a 2-hour flight took 5 hours. And it turned her off from flying for a while because of, of how bad that experience was. Um, what other experiences have scared me? Um, a lot of IMC stuff. Uh, what I'm doing now is flying single pilot. Um, so if I'm in a situation where it's completely IMC and I'm getting rocked, uh, rocked about and I know the airport's at minimums, you get that adrenaline going 
going down the approach and seeing those approach lights. Um, but yeah, a- aviation is full of experiences and I've been lucky to have quite a few of those. Yeah, definitely. You just learn from them and move forward. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, here's another question for you. Um, have you had any, uh, av- like failures or check rides or written tests or anything th- throughout your career, like any aviation failures? Yeah. You're a lot of pilots don't say this and they don't broadcast this, but, um, you're always messing up. You're always make, uh, failing at something. You're always making mistakes. Um, but that's how you learn about it. Um, in fact, that's how I blew out the exhaust of my Cherokee. Is uh, I didn't know that one of my mags was not working. So when I was at the run-up and I went to the, the broken mag and the engine started dying, I quickly went back to both and all that unburnt fuel popped and cracked the uh, heat exchanger. Um, so you're always making mistakes like that. But you're always learning uh to improve yourself right um Uh on my commercial trick ride i failed my power off 180 and that was a stupid one the the airport i was flying at had an unpublished uh pattern altitude of 800 agl and i that morning i practiced all my maneuvers at a thousand agl so when came time for the check ride i was told to do it at 800 agl and I just messed me up, and I, I was like yeah. like twenty feet short of my mark. <laughs> um, but uh, that's that's always a good talking point when I'm interviewing. Um, they'll always ask, "Do you have any failures?" I say yes, and I talk about what I learned from it and what I uh, what I would do better next time. And the right. key point is, if your landing is all is is uh, uncertain, go around. Yeah, go arounds are free, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, you're always making mistakes. Uh, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, he uh, crashed a Cherokee, uh, not mine, but he crashed one because he ran out of fuel or something with the, he had burnt all the fuel in one tank and didn't remember to switch. So he, he took off, got to, I think got to 500 AGL, engine quit and he went down. Wow. Um, I would let that guy fly my Cherokee any day because I know he will not make that mistake again. Uh-huh. Right. So you're always learning. Always learning from mistakes. Yeah, definitely. And like, I want to say, like, if you're getting tasks saturated in, in the airplane, you can also make like these people who've been flying for years and years still make those mistakes when things go there, not going their way. So it's so you're always learning with when you're a pilot. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And then, um, so here's another question. So, do you have any tips um, for someone who's uh, pursuing their dream right now? Maybe they want to become a caravan pilot or anything else that that they want to start their flight training. What tips do you have for? My biggest tip, and it's something I still share with people all the time when I meet them, don't forget to fly for fun. I meet all these people who are on that fast track. They get their private, then instrument, then commercial, then CFI, and then MEI, and then just go, 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 go. But they, they never stop to fly for fun, fly for themselves, go rent a plane and fly over a lake. Just appreciate what you're able to do and the privilege granted to you, and just have fun with it. Because you will burn yourself out. I've burnt myself out uh, when I flew um, for my last company, um, and I had like a, a six day, six day back to back shift. Um, you just get burnt out doing the same thing over and over, and you just got to remember you're doing what you love. Go enjoy it. Go rent a plane for a weekend. Go go for that one hundred dollar burger. Um, don't don't forget that you're able to do something not many people in the world can do. Yep, and have fun with it. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you there. Um, just having fun when things go like when you're doing training and training and training, it could definitely 
get to you even if you're doing for a job i mean it it can get hard sometimes just taking a break from it Mm -hmm. And, and i've also met people who don't desire to fly for fun they're there because it's a career they're there because it's money um they don't want to they, they don't want to sit at a desk. They want to fly a plane. Um, and that's their choice. Um, they're in it for different reasons. Um, but yeah, for me, for a lot of the people that I'm friends with, we do it because we love it. So, And looking at, at your social media, I, I can tell that's what you're doing it for too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's about the love and just going out and having fun. And at the end of the day, it's just you, you're going to get there if you're going to get there. You know, it's it's not a race. Mm-hmm. Just take your time, enjoy the journey and have fun. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. That's so important what you just said. It is not a race. Uh-huh. Um, I A lot of friends that, that um, I've gone, like, grown up with in aviation, they're off flying for the airlines. They're off flying jets. And I'm still here flying the caravan. But it's so much fun. Yeah. Being able to do the stuff I do, fly VFR in the caravan over the mountains, what a blast. Yeah. It's not a race. It's about the journey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I talked to a few uh, airline pilots where they're like, yeah, I miss my days back in when I could fly slow and low. and <laughs> having <fun."> Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like once you go to the airlines, you're not coming back to fly PC-12s or, or caravans <laughs> or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah, you're stuck mm-hmm. there basically. So have fun until you get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about your Instagram. You have almost a hundred some thousand followers and let's talk about how that got, how you got that started. And that I I still don't understand how it happened. Um, now I'm so appreciative to everyone who follows me and I'm glad you follow my journey. Um, but it started out as when I, when I first started flying, I was posting pictures of my personal Instagram and my friends were like, Hey, we we're following you because we like you. We don't really care about all this airplane stuff. So I started my separate Uresky aviation account and I would just post pictures of airplanes that I saw some cool planes I see on the ramp and I post my journey and people resonated with it. People liked it. Um, and I, I love sharing what I see. I, I think I annoy people when I'm uh, flying with them because I always want to go and take pictures on the <laughs> ramp and take pictures and like, like, hey, I'm just here to do some flying with you. Oh, I'm going to go take a look at this. <laughs> um, but it's something I love doing, and I love being able to share it with people. Yeah, it's definitely, like we talked about it, just having fun, you know. We can still fly, but let me go take a picture real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, you haven't really flown if you haven't taken a picture, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You post a lot of good, cool pictures. I mean, some of the airplanes you post, I've never seen before as well, speaking from my experience here. and. I think you're doing something great, just sharing a different perspective of flying. Thank you. All right. So we'll do some uh, game here. It's like a would you rather game. Um, So I'll just uh, give you a couple options and you just pick from one. Okay. All right. The first one is going to be, would you rather fly general aviation or commercial? <laughs> um, it depends on the mission. Okay. Um, if, if my mission is to have fun, GA every time, um, like when I, 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 last year or two years ago now, I flew, I, I helped ferry a Sonics from New Mexico back to Texas with a friend. Uh, and that was awesome because we could, we got to stop at all these airports on the way. So I could, um, you know, do my plane spotting. Yeah. Uh, and that was fun. We had fun with it. But if I'm, I need to get somewhere, I need to travel somewhere. I, I'd much rather just sleep in the back, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll take commercial. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah, flying general aviation is definitely something. All right, and then 
would you rather fly over beaches or mountains? I do a lot of mountain flying where I am now. Um, and it's always beautiful. It's always, it's just such a, a beautiful sight. And I did a little bit of flying over beaches with the Cherokee down in Florida and Alabama. Um, oh, that's tough. I'd got to say mountains. I think mountains yeah. are, just, are just so cool. Yeah, I'm from Minnesota, so not a lot of mountains up here. It's just hills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's that's a lot to do with it, too, because flying in Texas, where it's it's flat, it's, I, I never appreciated what terrain would do. <laughs> right. And I love it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if I lost an engine, I have a lot of place to land, but not a lot of cool sightseeing, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, would you rather fly high wing or low wing? You might be biased flying caravan. <laughs> uh, see, with the caravan, you sit so far forward uh, where you you have full visibility up and down. doesn't matter. Uh, when I fly 172, you can't look up. When I fly Cherokee, you can't look down. Uh, so give me the best of both worlds and stick me in a biplane and I can't see anything. <laughs> All right. And then, so would you rather uh, fly Airbus or Boeing? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, McDonnell Douglas. <laughs> all right irrespectable <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so here's the last one would you rather fly ifr or vfr oh, i'll take vfr all the time um because uh, a lot of my flying is um i, I want to see the sights i want to appreciate the terrain i want to appreciate the mountains um now ifr we do it sometimes of course when it's overcast or whatever but i'd much rather fly vfr um, I actually have a funny story about that. On one of my IFR flights back with the Cherokee, um, I remember I had to pee real bad. I was like three hours into the flight and I had to pee. So I told approach I needed to uh, land at a, another airport. And he goes, uh, say reason for deviation. And I'm like, uh, passenger needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you're flying a VFR, it's just, yeah. oh. There's an airport down there. Uh-huh. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. Like, from coming from my instrument uh, check ride and, like, being an instrument pilot now, uh, I, I love, like, shooting approaches and, like, down to minimums and this landing. I mean, I don't have a lot of, IF, like, real actual IFR, but, like, I just love shooting approaches and just talking to mm-hmm. center and all that. I, I just love that. I love, it, it is fun. Yeah. 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 And you get the, the sense of... Uh, completion or satisfaction of making it in at minimums right and and they say that um once you get your ifr rating if you actually feel like an actual pilot now because that's what a <laughs> someone who's flying an airbus is doing you know kind of talking to tower mm-hmm. and approach and all that um so yeah it's it's really fun yeah well that's that's all for today um really appreciate stopping by and taking the time absolutely yeah i'm really glad we did this yeah absolutely it's been fun um and yeah uh to anyone who's watching uh check me out on instagram if you have any questions about about flying in general um or or about myself feel free to send me a message um but i really thank you for having me on today all right i really appreciate it man thank you so much that's it for this episode thank you so much for taking the time i hope you really enjoyed this episode make sure you follow brian uretsky on instagram as uretsky aviation also make sure you follow first gen pilot on instagram also on apple Podcasts and spotify to stay up to date on the latest episode until next time keep the blue side up we'll see you